This is the Let's Unpack That Podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Barons. Thank you very much for tuning in. Good to be back. Today, we're going to unpack stuff that has happened within the past month since I put out a pod, since we've been together. You know, I'm sick today. You guys can hear it in my voice. Apologies if any sneezes or coughs end up fucking up with your listening experience. But I'm like, I don't want to lie down in bed all day and just be a vegetable. So I figured, hey, let's catch up on uh, some things and let's hang out. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Good to be back. LeBron James, he did it, beat Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring record for the regular season. And I knew he was going to do it. I mean, we all knew he was going to do it, but I knew he was going to do it that night. Came to the arena wearing all black. All black. It's a funeral, nigga. What was the night before the game? The Grammys. So the stars are going to be out. The star trickle. Like, because, you know, they were like, and I don't think, like, and we're talking legends. It's not like, oh, I want to be seen. But I want to be a part of greatness because I'm great. You had LL Cool J there. You had Dwayne Wade there. Bad Bunny. Usher. Floyd Mayweather. Woody Harrelson. Jimmy Iovine, and of course, like the people that we care about the most that was in the building that were not a part of the basketball game, Jay-Z and Denzel Washington. Doesn't get any more black pop culture American excellence than Jay-Z and Denzel Washington. And you know, LeBron, he's uh, he's definitely like, you know, with the shop and uh, him doing the, what was that movie? Trainwreck, whatever it was with Amy Schumer and, uh, Bill Hader <coughs> and doing the Space Jam too. LeBron is like, really, really wants to think of us, really wants us to think of him as being a part of pop culture. And with that said is I do think there's a thing where when guys are at Madison Square Garden or Staples Center, I'm not calling it crypto. Okay. It's still the fucking Fox Hills Mall, and it's still Staples Center, nigga. Okay? We're we not changing. Anyways, there's a thing where it's like, let me put on a show. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, the best are out to see me, then let me perform at my best. The same way, you know, when, like, LeBron's at, like, you know, a, a Drake concert, you know, or or he, he's, like, at a premiere for, you know, the Equalizer 3. It's like, yeah, I really want to see, you know, Denzel go in. I really want to see, you know, performance. This is great. You know, this is great for Laker fans because LeBron has not had a Laker moment yet. In certain places, you have moments like Madison Square Garden is a place for moments, whether you're home, away, doesn't matter. You know, people say the NBA Finals is the biggest stage, and it's not because we don't remember. We don't like really remember, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo's amazing performance in the NBA Finals. You know, we remember something Jordan did at the Garden, you know, 27 years ago. You know, we remember, you know, when Kobe dropped, it was like, you know, a 60-point game or something like that and was goes up to Spike Lee and says, MJ, yo fault. Reggie Miller, yo fault. 60, yo fault. You know, or Jeremy Lin, when, you know, when he was going off in the Garden. Carmelo, 
you know, certain moment like like we remember the things that happened in the Garden because you know, New York City is the mecca of basketball, <clears throat> and then Staples Center, you know, it's when you are a Laker, it's moments. You know, Kobe had his moments. You know, there's Kobe's eighty one. You know, it was his uh, it was his uh, final sixty point game. You know, there's uh, Shaq's lob in Game Seven against the Portland Trailblazers in the conference finals in 2000. I remember that game. I remember being in third grade and just being like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And, you know, it was like a bigger moment thing because it's like we didn't have social media, so we couldn't see dunks all the time. So, like, you know, I, I don't know how to say this, but we we were still impressed by things. And like, we, like, my generation actually watched games. We didn't watch, like, you know, super cuts on YouTube because there was no YouTube. So, you know, those moments meant more, you know. Um Kareem, Big Game James, and obviously Magic Johnson had a lot of big moments in the forum that were before my time. I couldn't even tell you their moments. But, they, you know, they, they're like moments as a Laker. Like, you know, they're not in our mind as much, but, you know, there's Derek Fisher and Robert Ory has some big threes. You know, there's uh, Ty Lu. Only, like, Lakers fans at the time remember this, but people remember, like, Ty Lu locking down Allen Iverson. Like, obviously, we all remember the step back, and, like, he averaged something like, you know, 32 points a game during the NBA Finals. So it's not like he was the Iverson stopper. But we remember, like, all right, look at Ty Lu showing some heart, you know. But, you know, LeBron never had a moment as a Laker at Staples Center. <coughs> because the one year they go for it, you know, the world's fucking on fire. You know, like, he wins a championship where meanwhile, all around the country, you know, it's like in fucking hospital rooms, people are like, okay, we're down to one last respirator machine. Do we use it on the person that was in this car accident? Or do we use it on the person that just had to go to Atlanta? <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's like, like, we didn't, like, we didn't get to have any fun when he won the ring. So like, he's still going to get his jersey retired as a Laker and all that stuff. But we didn't get to have, like, a, you know, we could, like, we couldn't even really watch the games in bars, you know, so you didn't even have the, the like, let's say, like, he still, like, you know, the world doesn't shut down and, you know, he wins, uh, you know, Lakers win in Orlando, you know, you still don't get the fun of, like, high-fiving people at the bar going, yeah, 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 because, you know, we're all six feet or, you know, it's discouraged or whatever, and. You know, there's no vaccine and, we're, you know, shit's still kind of locked down. Shit was really locked down. Anyways, so it was it's nice to see him finally have a moment as a Laker that, you know, will be in our minds. And he broke the scoring record as a Laker. It's dope. Cause I, I, do, I do think, you know, Laker fans, like, we deserve to have a moment being that that season got taken. Oh, I would not even like the season got taken. The fucking year got taken. Nigga. Like that was twenty twenty. Jesus. Anyways, but let let me stop thinking about that before I I make myself sad and mad. <coughs> you know now, like like people are like, well, now he's the greatest. You know, okay, but then by that same metric, if LeBron's the greatest because he broke the scoring record, then Carl Malone's the second greatest. You know, or was the second greatest. You know, now Carl Malone's the third greatest player ever. You know, and it's like. You know, one thing I think people forget is, you know, people were saying Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player ever when he had three rings. Okay, when he had two less than Magic and one less than Bird, 
people were saying, you know, and three less than Kareem, people were saying Michael Jordan was the best, might be the best basketball player ever, you know. I personally like to do the GOAT thing by eras because you can't, it's like, yeah, you know, you had guys, it was more physical. Uh, you had guys that weren't really playing basketball out there. You had a lot of guys playing football and a good number of guys playing like fucking dirty street prison ball. Bill Ambeer. Um And then, you know, it's like, yeah, you get more rest. You can't touch a guy. Of course, Michael probably would have averaged, you know, 40 playing now. But then there were other, you know, it's like you just, you can't really compare. You know what I mean? That's why I like to go by era. Uh, there's this really, really good article. I found it on hoopnation.com and is basically there's like Michael Jordan, LeBron James have had, uh, no, excuse me, hoopshype.com and Michael Jordan and LeBron James have shared four teammates, Scott Williams, Larry Hughes, Jerry Stackhouse and Brendan Haywood. And <coughs> it's like, um, it's a piece where they basically compare like their first impressions, what it was like playing with them, how they motivated the team and stuff like that. And it's not, and you still can't get like a clear picture because those guys either played with LeBron when he was entering phase one of his prime and they played with Michael when he was making his case for being the goat or they played with Michael when he was like an angry, you know, half a general manager in Washington, D.C., and LeBron was entering phase one of his prime. So nobody, like, really could be like, oh, I played with Michael, you know, as a bull, and then I played with, like, LeBron in Miami or, you know, Cleveland, because, you know, (coughs) nobody's, nobody, (laughs) like, you know, people may want, like, you know, a 38-year-old locker room guy that, like, really doesn't see any minutes. Like, they may want, like, you know, a, a 38-year-old Udonis Haslin or, or Andre Iguodala, but they don't want a fucking 44-year-old to be in a locker room guy. At a certain point, it's like, okay, well, now you're even too old to talk to the young guys now, so you got to, you know, it's the time to get a job at Turner. Anyways, uh, I think that's the most interesting thing if you want to make a case uh, for either of them. It's all about what you value, but the bottom line is, it's like overall in the Pantheon, I think people, just, you know, people just have like, you know, LeBron and Michael, all the old heads like still want to, you know, count Russell's 12 rings that he got when it was only 12 teams. And, you know, they're playing those fucked up shoes and there was racism in the league and, you know, not as many brothers, whatever you can, you know, if you want to count Bob Cousy, you know, dribbling like. When when you checked out like the basketballs in first grade at recess, <laughs> and you first started dribbling, I guess you could count that. But for the most part, it's like they're the tier one goats, and then tier two, and then Magic is kind of like in between. But you know, it's you know, it's like then you know, tier two of goats is like you know, Kobe, Magic Johnson, Tim Duncan, Hakeem, Shaq, and and I would say Steph Curry, ultimately, you know, even though people were like, you know, Steph has played on some stacked teams and, you know, he, he didn't get, he's only got one finals MVP and four rings, even though he really should have two finals MVPs. I mean, technically, you know, you could even make the case that like LeBron deserved like the fucking Jerry West style uh, MVP uh, in uh, 2015. But yeah, I mean, Iguodala, like, you know, that whole narrative, he was the LeBron stopper. It's like, you know, the fuck he wasn't. Like, LeBron didn't have anybody to pass it to. 
you know, because Kyrie and, and uh, Love were sick. Uh, anyways, yeah, that's just like that's just like where it's at with people, and I think like you know, it really just comes down to what you value. I mean, the goat the goat argument is obviously like it's like what does it really matter? Because I mean, you know, it, it's like it's not like <coughs> okay, well, if, like it, you think somebody's sitting up there going like okay, if LeBron breaks the scoring record, then I'll, I'll, I'll admit he's the goat. Like no, it's like. Okay, if LeBron gets as many rings as Michael, then I'll be like, okay, because the longevity years ago, no, it'll be like, because it'll be like, okay, he got six rings, but and you know, if LeBron like you know gets a fifth or sixth ring, there's a strong chance that he may not be Finals MVP in that scenario. And then on top of that, it's like, it's like, yeah, people are gonna be like, yeah, but he's still he's six and nine or whatever, you know, in the finals or like whatever his number is. You know, so it's like there's nothing that can change. It's just like Jordan's six and zero in the finals, and he's got more MVPs and more of this and that, and that's that's what it is. You know, this then it's just gonna be where it's at for people, and it's just you know what you. I personally like. I think there's no wrong answer, really. I think it's both, and you know they both were put in positions to where like you know. It was in the. It's in the league's best interest to have them be the face of it, and it's in the league's best interest. And I don't just mean you know Stern and Silver. I mean you know media. I mean you know reporters. I mean even other players in the league. You know want like you know uh, a guy with a clean cut image and all that to be the face of the league and be in position and all that. You know because it's more revenue, more money. You know more more popularity, more opportunities, and all that all that sort of stuff. So. But that said, man, you know, just about just about who you value, because, you know, there's certain, and like both of them, you know, had like certain things easier than, you know, their contemporaries at the time, you know, any any of the stars. But anyways, you know, it's like, you know, it's like different shit, man. Anyways, man, what a fun fucking night. Ja Morant. Big lips, bigger trouble. <laughs> That is so goddamn ignorant. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's get into it. So the Indiana Pacers were visiting the Memphis Grizzlies. And during the game, John Morant and Andrew Nimhard got a little chippy. You know, regular shit that happens during the course of an NBA game. You know, hold me back, hold me back. You know, you know the usual. Then at one point, John Morant's friend who's sitting courtside, Devontae Pack, gets into it with 35-year-old NBA veteran James Johnson. Devontae Pack gets escorted off the floor. Fast forward to after the game, Indiana Pacers security alleges that a laser was being pointed at them from a car that was also carrying John Morant, and his friends were pointing a laser at Indiana Pacers security. The implication being that laser is attached to a firearm. <coughs> Fast forward after that. John Morant's friend, Devontae Pack, has been banned from home games after a ver- due to the verbal altercation with the Pacers players. And I guess his brother has been banned from home games for at least a year. 
first things first, before we talk about Ja and the company he keeps, what people need to know about the NBA is they protect their own. A lot goes into protecting the brand and you not knowing that some of these guys are spoiled, gross, rude, bad tippers, entitled. And I hate saying this in regard to a space with predominantly black men, but violent. You know, probably not as much as like, you know, all these motherfuckers in the NFL with CTE, but a lot goes into you not knowing how these guys really are. (coughs) The NBA functions on an internal level off relations. Oh yeah, he was a video like the way like coaches get hired now is like, you know, they start off as like video guys, you know, or former players. But it's like they've been in that space. So the NBA functions on an internal level off relations and the NBA functions externally off of image. Blake Griffin may or may not have had a baby with a porn star. And only fans chick went on uh, the No Jumper podcast and told Adam Twenty Two that she had a train ran on her by like seven of the Phoenix Suns the year before they went to the NBA Finals. You don't think something goes in to us not talking about it more or it not being more in our face? And I'm fine with that. I don't want to see black men get jammed up off of consensual encounters with women, and some shit may have went a little left because too many niggas is paying for things that were okay and only went left in hindsight because we niggas and there are darker examples i could give but that kind of feels like snitching it just feels a little too zesty so we'll just leave it at that but with that said somebody at the league office and definitely the memphis front office is going god damn it i knew this shit would fucking happen i guarantee you the suits, teammates, and, and even some players around the league are like, that nigga finally got caught? That nigga finally got caught up? Shit, man. That shit wild, bro. <clears throat> like, the NBA is, like, about making sure guys feel comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I was seeing this interview where Jason Williams, uh, Jason Williams, the, uh, not white chocolate, but the one that, uh, accidentally shot his limo driver he played uh for what the new jersey nets and uh he played he basically he said that he uh played for like pretty much only east coast teams because he says certain guys play better when they're yeah he played for uh the 76ers and the new jersey nets he said that um it helps for certain guys to play kind of close to home that makes sense like why dame lillard you know, still in Portland after all these years, you know, not too far from Oakland. So the NBA likes having a family atmosphere. The NBA like wants its players to be comfortable, especially its star players. So they're like, all right, this is this is if we're in the job rent business, him having like, you know, his wild country ass daddy and all these other people around. This is just what it is to be in the job rent business. You know, just like the 76ers knew what it was to be in the Allen Iverson business. So they're like well aware and they want, so I'm saying like if a, if a a brother, like a relative, a close friend, if they get banned, that means you really, 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 really fucked up at the game. (coughs) And also we got to keep in mind 
this new generation plays with shit more. They play with life more. They play with social media more. An emphasis on plays. They playing in the shit. And that's because clout is their culture. Views and likes is their culture. Followers is their culture. Like, when I was coming up, rappers didn't kill niggas when I was coming up. They was getting shot. 50 Cent. Pretty much every nigga that he signed the G-Unit had been shot. Like, Game, Banks, Yayo, Buck, all been shot. Cameron got shot. Fabulous got shot. We don't even got to talk about the obvious ones like Tupac and Big. Like, it's like even the ones that shot themselves on an accident. Lil Wayne shot himself on an accident. Bushwick Bill, even though Bushwick Bill isn't like, you know, part of my rapper generation. Still, like, there's a certain time where it's like normally when you would hear rappers about gun, when you would hear about rappers involved in gunplay. <clears throat> they're the ones getting hit. These new rappers today, like these young niggas, they shoot back. Now you got guys like uh, that that one uh, dude, uh, Tay K, who had that song "The Race," and ba- basically uh, he was he was on house arrest for uh, being in a car with his boy that shot a girl in the head, like from, shooting from one car into another car. And then he, uh, he he got out of house arrest, and then he was on a run, and he put out a song, and it charted on Billboard, and he was, like, posing uh, for pictures with his wanted poster. And this, all the crimes, and he's from Texas, Corpus Christi, I want to say, and he made his, and he got caught by U.S. Marshals in New Jersey. Um, anyways, not to make this a take K thing. What I'm saying is these young niggas are crazy. All the young Chicago niggas putting gang business and rap business what is it they put in rap business and gang business? Anyways, but I'm saying it's different. Like, these kids are used to, like, you know, going on TikTok, Instagram, and just talking wild and saying whatever. Like, they're not from a generation where they have to think as much, you know. So what I'm saying is there's a culture amongst Jaws' generation that thinks playing with the shit is fine. And the other thing is niggas will tell you who they are. I think John is kind of telling us who he is. You know, there was um, there's somebody tweeted at Ja in May of last year. My bad. I didn't know you was pussy whipped. And Ja tweeted back, it's free to see how a hollow feels. Hollow point bullet. I think it's clear this nigga wants us to, like, this nigga wants us to think. And I don't, you know, because I'm not going to do the Shannon Sharp thing where I'm going to be all like, like, you're not tough. You're a great basketball player, but you're not a tough guy. We don't see you as that. I'm like, yeah, okay, niggas could not, like, be hood or whatever, but it's like, at the end of the day, if you supply your niggas with a bunch of guns and some bullshit comes back, it's like, or you end up doing some bullshit. And I'm not saying it's going to be, like, he's going to throw his life away, but I'm saying if he was connected to, like, a kind of Aaron Hernandez-esque situation, it fucking could happen. Like, it's, it could fucking happen. I don't think anybody, I don't think, like, you know, there's anybody's really trying to give the kid, like, a wake-up call. I mean, but then again, I'm on the outside. Look, I'm just fucking guessing. <clears throat> but, like, when you see shit like that and people are that reckless, it's like, okay, if you're comfortable doing that bullshit, like, you know, out in the open, who knows what you do, like, behind closed doors or when it's no cameras or you think it's no cameras, right? Again, not saying that, but again, it's just saying these kids, they play with the shit more. 
Like, if somebody said I was pussy whipped when I was his age, I would have just made a joke back. But, I mean, he's and that's got nothing to do with me being a comedian. Like, But, again, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, shit eventually ends up going left. And, I mean, like, this is what happens when you let a bunch of niggas up in somewhere. Because Ja has a bunch of niggas around him. His dad is a bunch of niggas. His brother is a bunch of niggas. Devontae Pack is a bunch of niggas. Like, he got a bunch of niggas around him. And from where I'm sitting, it looks like he does not have a goon in his corner. And I'm going to steal this from Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose was doing a pod, and it was, it was it was like one of the best pods he ever did with uh, Jacoby on uh, Jalen and Jacoby. And it was basically like the type of people that every athlete needs in their entourage. One was a female liaison. And the female liaison being she manages not just, you know, the star's uh, pussy. Like, I don't know what's going on. I just got what it is. Now, not only does, does he manage the um, the actual pro athletes, you know, introducing him to, to women, but also the guys in his crew. Because Jalen was, Jalen was like, so, for example, say you may have one guy that is in the crew and he's working on becoming a personal trainer. He's working on starting his own business. You know, he's working on going to school. You're going to introduce him to a caliber of women that meets that expectation versus the guy that's just the driver and smokes weed and just waste, just waste in the car and plays video games during the day, waiting for him to get off practice you are not going to introduce him to a doctor, a lawyer, a publicist, you know, female liaison. So and he and basically he was kind of implying that like shit can get messy when, you know, um <coughs> basically if uh like to use entourage as an example, like you got E and you got Turtle, <coughs> you can't be introducing the bad bitches to Turtle and you can't be introducing the bum bitches to E, you know. That's what she was getting at. Or, I mean, that's what Jalen was getting at. But then the other <coughs> person in the crew that Jalen s- said you need is the goon. Muscle. The buffer. Right? Somebody to make sure you don't get in trouble. Somebody to play bad cop in order to protect you. Right? I remember, like, when I pulled up on Freddie Gibbs, he had, and it was like, it was like a woman. She was, she was like short, small. And, you know, she, she was being a, a fucking asshole. Call it what it is. But she was like, so like the white boys that was with me, the fucking Canadians, they was able to just get straight to Gibbs. But it was like, all right, this a nigga. Let's see, like, you know, let, let's just kind of see what he's on. And then it was like, you go talk to me and Freddie chopped it up and changed numbers, did shots, talked about real shit. You know the rest. Real niggas recognize real niggas. But the point being is he did have like, you know, a buffer there. It was a female goon, but it was still a goon. And I see the way the jazz moving, and it says to me, he doesn't have any goons around him. He doesn't have anybody to make sure he doesn't fuck up, because his people are fucking up. And he probably just thinks it's funny. He's probably, like, laughing at the shit. It's like, yeah, flash that laser at that nigga. They in Memphis. They probably go to the shooting range and shit. <coughs> like me, right, in, in the Bay Area, I had a goon. And, and like, goon, it, it's Jalen qualified the same way. A goon is not somebody... You know, with gold teeth, 
in dreads. It's not somebody who looks like Montrez Harrell. <laughs> or Jay Crowder. It's not somebody that just fucking... <laughs> it just looks like a walking citation. No, it's somebody that fucking... <laughs> It's not so <laughs> anyways. It's not it's not like that description, but it's somebody that like keeps you out of trouble and keeps you so like okay, in Oakland it was this dude. I'd be doing shows and the homie Jacob, right? Jacob was the guy that kept me from getting in shit. Two examples. There's one time I was on stage in Oakland, and this is when Black Panther came out. I was on stage. And I was doing some like throwaway joke about Black Panther because, you know, as a comic, sometimes you just do some new shit because it's the times and it's in the rotation or whatever. Right. And the joke, the the gist of the joke was basically black people and Africans not getting along. Right. Just I like I like to dabble in a little bit of a diaspora cooning. <laughs> so, you know, it's the end of the show. We at the bar drinking, whatever. I'm not really thinking about nothing. Then this like short white dude that says he's mexican comes up to me and it's important to remember that you know mexico you have black people you have white people you have mostly people that look what we think of as mexicans but you know it's like look man the mexicans got the accordion and they music for a reason right <clears throat> that's all i'm gonna say so after the show he comes up to me and he's asking me like some shit about black pain and it really it, it essentially what it gets down to is the motherfucker was was like, I don't have my own Black Panther. I don't know. It was just like some kind of drunk white guy, quasi-racist, libertarian. Like, there's a certain type of, like, white Latino that's, like, the fucking worst. Like, and we're going to, I'm going to talk about it later on another episode. But it's a certain type of half-white, half-Latino where basically they have, like, white entitlement, Mexican racism, and then the fucking POC, oh, we don't get seen enough. And it just comes together for a fucking horrible human being, especially when you a don't give a fuck nigga. So and this guy's like, I'm like six one. This dude's like five, four, five, five. And at one point and then I just start laughing in his face. I'm like, where are you Mexican? Motherfucker? And I like, I have a, you know, I got a drink in my hand. I'm not like I'm not drunk, but, you know, I'm like, I'm definitely loose with it. Then at one point, and I just like keep cracking jokes on him and just, and I'm just being like fucking condescending to him. It's like, nigga, who the fuck are you to like fucking like have some like serious debate about my act? It's a free show, nigga. Say thank you and keep it pushing, little bitch ass nigga. Right? So anyways, then he puts his finger in my chest and he's like, let me tell you something. It looks like fucking like some shit you would see out of a movie. Like like some it looks like fucking some shit Joe Pesci would do in casino right before he got violent. Like, let me tell you something, pal. And he's like putting his finger in my chest. I'm like, oh hell, and I'm getting ready to put my drink down. I'm getting ready to like swing an arm on him. I wasn't really gonna punch him. I was gonna like probably like just, you know, I don't know, maybe slap him, maybe choke him a little bit, you know, just treat him like well, treat him like, you know, the bitches when they ask for it. No, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> Behind closed doors, get that booty all spanked up. <laughs> Too short. Nah, man, but I was, you know, no, nah, I was probably going to like slap the shit out of him, though, if I'm going to keep it real. Then, right after he puts his finger in me, no sooner than can I put my drink down, Jacob pushes him out. The, but Jacob says, All right, that's fucking enough. And then Jacob literally just pushes him out. Like, I've, and Jacob's like 6'2. 
You know, so Jacob was taller than me. And he just, whoo, quick, like just a quick grown man shove with that, you know, that that old man strength. Just, and he's gone. <clears throat> Another time, and this is like the night when I got in the, the Uber car crash. <clears throat> we're, um, we're in San Francisco. Jacob's with me. I'm on stage closing out the show and I'm doing like 35, 45 minutes. Just like, just, just being a true LA comic in the Bay area to start doing comedy in the Bay area and just running. I'm doing like my greatest hits. I'm doing my newer shit. I'm, I'm just getting it all off. <clears throat> During the show earlier, it was one guy that was fucking heckling everybody. And I don't know if, I don't know if they was Latino. I don't know if they was Polynesian, whatever the fuck they were like. They're like obnoxious brown dudes that you know say that. I didn't hear them say that word, but I'm like, I can tell y'all say nigga. And they're with, they're like fucking wearing this San Francisco Giants hats, just, just looking like a bunch of fucking like basic ass San Francisco motherfuckers, you know. So then I get on stage because they're like heckling everybody and just being super loud. I said, hey, just so y'all know, like it, City College here is free. If you're a resident, like you don't have, like you don't have to just work construction the rest of your life and go, you see that building? Yeah, that was me right there. And then, you know, drink beer and, you know, go to Target with in your socks and your sandals on Saturdays. Like that, you could do more with your life. You could maybe travel. You can maybe shut the fuck up. And the whole crowd is just dying. Like they're just fucking, they're fucking eating it up. Right, because all my timing is perfect. I'm hitting like all the notes, right? I'm hitting all like the the musicality comedic notes, and everybody's fucking dying. So then, and it was really just it, his boy was like kind of more chill. His boy was trying to get him, but this dude, right? So, the dude, I was basically saying that to. At one point, he gets real, real, real close to the side of the stage where I'm performing. I turn around and I say, "You good, nigga?" And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm good, I'm good, I, I'm good. And I said, hey, I ain't no Chris Rock. I'm going to fight back, nigga. And then the whole crowd laughs. Then Jacob moves from being behind the bar to being, like, front row. And Jacob's ready, like, in case some shit goes down, Jacob has my back. And what I'm saying is, because Jacob knows I'm going to fight that motherfucker. Jacob knows I'm going to, you know, do what the fuck I do that I'm not going to say on a podcast because it's like snitching, but I'm going to protect myself and I may go even a little past, you know, you made your point. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's there to make sure I'm, I don't put myself in that situation. So if there's no immediate, so if there's no immediate threat. If there's no, if nobody's threatening you, <coughs> then you just on bullshit. And I look at John Morant and I'm like, oh, you on bullshit right now. Your dad's there, but then your dad's talking shit to fucking Shannon Sharp. You fucking, it's just a bunch of bullshit going on is what I'm seeing, you know? But that's what happens when you let a bunch of niggas in a space and you don't have anybody to show them how to move. All right, let me have a little, let me have a little smug, this is why I don't live around you niggas no more moment. (laughs) So Life Jennings. Neo soul R&B artist whose apex was like, you know, the mid 2000s. He had a song, Must Be Nice. Yeah, uh, Must Be Nice and S.E.X. Uh, were his biggest songs, I believe. I wasn't, you know, too familiar. I mean, I'm, I'm not a Neo soul guy. It just feels like a little too still. But anyways, Life Jennings. 
had a show in uh, or had shows for the weekend in Oakland, California at Yoshi's. Did, I did something like four shows and sold it out. And Yoshi's, very, very, very nice venue. As, as, as much as I talk about Oakland being like an ashy-ass city, Yoshi's is really fucking nice. It's like, like it's so nice it doesn't even feel like it's in Oakland. And th- those are the types of spots I like in Oakland and San Francisco where it's like, yeah, make me forget that I'm in like this fucking like gross ass area. Anyways, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so Life Jennings is performing at Yoshi's and I've been, oh yeah, yeah, no, I've been to Yoshi's, right? And I, the time I went, uh, I saw Terrace Martin and Terrace Martin, jazz musician, but he does like G-Funk jazz, you know, a little kind of closer to Battle Cat, but you know, still kind of more jazz. Anyways, uh, went with a young, curly-haired, Caucasian woman, woman I was seeing at the time, and she says to me, she's like, you notice everybody in here is a black dude with a curly-haired white girl or Latina. And I'm like, damn, there's nothing like finding out you a stereotype in real time. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, nigga, I like jazz and Mediterranean whores, nigga. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, yeah, so Life Jennings performing in Oakland and he uploaded a video and the caption of the video said 120,000 gone. SMH could have put 100 on a head, but what would that solve? <coughs> well, you you'd be down two hundred and twenty thousand dollars, nigga. Like it's Oakland <laughs> nigga ain't gonna tell you who did it. Like okay. anyways. Um so in the video that he posted on Instagram, he said, When I got down to Oakland, I pulled up to this spot. Again, another place I wasn't supposed to be. Went inside, saw some cats, blew up, and basically bust the windows out the thing. Snatched my little book bag. It's like $120,000 worth of jewelry in there. My computer, my ID, passport, credit cards, all that shit. And later, you know, he's like, oh, I know it could be worse. And he is like, you know, but it's no big deal. <laughs> and he took he took the video um, right when he got off stage. And then he said, uh, let me let me continue. Okay, here it is. He said, I wasn't even really going to speak on this because most cats in my position wouldn't even speak on it, but I'm going to speak on it because I'm in the middle, because I'm in the mind frame right now that a lot of things that happen in your life is meant to be spoke on so somebody else could get something from it. Damn. See, even these old niggas is getting brainwashed by social media. Like, yo, we need to put it out there. All right. <laughs> I just thought I'd share this because there's somebody that's straddling the, the fence right now, man. You ain't got to feel no kind of way about growth, man. I'm definitely just trying to grow, man. I'm in a great position in my life, and you got to respect the position that you in, man. And you got to respect the position that other cats is in, because in reality, a lot of those cats that want to be you can never even be you. They can't fit your shoes, man. But yet, you still trying to wear their shoes and wear your shoes, too. Yeah, that nigga definitely was off some party favors. <laughs> he said, he said. 
<laughs> he's like, I went to this spot. I shouldn't be. And then the way he's talking in that video sounds like, nigga, I'm I'm gonna fucking use this dope, nigga. <laughs> Some fucking I'm gonna enjoy this cocaine. And we don't even know if it's cocaine. You know, it could have been it was definitely party favors. I mean, and Life Jennings is an old nigga. Like, old niggas is kind of weird about their weed. Like, it'd be, like, they can't just, like, they, like, they're weird about going to the dispensary. They're like, nah, man, I need to get off the street because, you know, it's cheaper. I can get more weed, too. Because I'm from, the, like, I'm from, like, the last generation that, like, had to buy weed on the street. And buying weed on the street, like, you, you know, you always get better prices, but it's never really, you know, it's never really, like, because I bought, like, I bought my weed from, like, nigga niggas, you know. Well, like they had, like it was kind of like the wire, like they, it, like they had like a whole system. They, they did have some good shit though. Cookies, anyways. Um, so this situation says two things to me. It says one thing about Life Jennings, and one thing about Oakland. And what it says about Oakland is stuff that we've already known. It's a dusty ass city. It's never been nowhere. It's still stuck in fucking two thousand five. So that's that's one. I told you I'm gonna be on my high horse. I'm gonna be a little smug. <laughs> it's just so funny to me because it's like I, I was like I was like reading the comments and you got people. Nobody's want to come to Oakland now. Nobody's want to come to San Francisco now. You're bracing on all the windows. You're, you're messing up the revenue for the city. You're, nobody's want to want to come here. You're making us look bad. Will Smith, you're making Will Smith, Chris Rock, you're making us look bad at the Oscars. Stop embarrassing us at the Oscars. Stop embarrassing us. You're embarrassing Oakland. You're embarrassing us. I mean, come on. What are you gonna do? This is what happens when you like when a place is overly accepting. Because it's like, you know, no, and it's not even it's not like, you know, it's just niggas in Oakland. It's like it's it's the snow apes as well that don't know how to act in Oakland and San Francisco. It's just the play, you know, it's too out of pocket because everybody it's okay to be whatever you want to be over there. But anyways <coughs> what it says to me though about life is life has done this before many times and nothing has happened. That's what it says to me. It says to me that he's done this, like he's gone to other cities and he's pulled up in like his rental or whatever. He, I don't know if he lives in L.A. He could have just been like, fuck flying. Thing. I'm going to drive all the way up to Oakland. But like whatever, though, I'm sure he was like in a nice car. and He had all the jewelry and all that stuff in a little book bag, you know. And it says to me that he's done like the fact that he made the videos it says to me he's done this in other places and didn't have the same type of trouble. Because, you know, he like you're not going to come out and like shit on a city, especially when you're like in a certain place as an artist, when you're either, you know, on the incline, you don't want to alienate nobody, like if you're smart, or you like you in a space where you just kind of like, you know, where he's at, where it's like, you know, he, he's got his fans, you know, he's probably not going to get more fans and he's... If he doesn't fuck up, he's definitely not going to lose fans. And the fans he has are, like, loyal, and they're going to come out for him. So he doesn't want to alienate them by shitting on the city. But at the same time, he may, like, I know how Oakland can piss a motherfucker off. So it's like, I, I know it from, from from visitors. I know, like, I get it, you know. Also, what's, what's real funny is uh, he, he said uh, he, he kind of got happy thinking about the excitement 
uh, the thieves got when they opened up his little jewelry case. He said, I know that's weird, man, but I did. <laughs> it's like, it's like, <laughs> as you just try to like make sense of life and just gotta be cool about it. You know, that's like, it's like, fuck it. Um, nah, man, but yeah, this, all right. So a few things with this, cause I've, I've got, I've never had like, like my, my window smash. Cause I've, you know, it's like, I was, you know, I have a limo. No, but like I've never been in that position. But at the same time, when it, when things happen like this, I go lie. I'm a bit of a victim blamer, and I'm not a victim blamer when it comes to real shit like somebody using force. I'm not a victim blamer when it comes to niggas getting shot by the police. I'm not a victim blamer when it comes to women getting sexually assaulted. I'm not a victim blamer. Uh, when it comes to niggas getting robbed, unless like they be done, like unless it's like well, nigga, why would you rock walk through the projects with a fucking chain on by yourself, or like just with one other nigga? You ain't never been in a project. Like I'll victim blame on. That's like maybe the one show of force, which is like nigga, why would you be out there like that? <clears throat> but that's only like if nothing happened to them. But you know, I'm not really, I'm not in the victim blame, but I'm in the victim blaming when it's like. Something happened to your shit, but nothing happened to you. If that makes sense. Like, I blame people for being stupid. I blame people for not being curious. Like, I blame people for not being curious about the area that they're in. Especially if you're an artist. Like, if you're a, you're an artist, you're a performer. You're not curious. Like, you're in this new setting, and you're not curious about, like, you don't talk to people. Like, and I understand, you know, maybe being on the more introverted side. <clears throat> but it's like, look, if life was going to be out, is life's going to be out here, you know, getting his party favors, you know, being in some place he's not supposed to be, as he admitted, which is, you know, well, he ain't following no police report. I mean, R&B niggas could probably file a police report and be fine. Just, but he got like a lot of black women fans and just like, hmm, so life gonna go to Oakland PD. You know, it's like, you know, you know. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I was buying some cocaine and the niggas rapping like that. <laughs> Allegedly, I'm just making jokes. I don't know. We don't know. It's probably, you know, so anyway, so like the thing is, if you're going to do some shit like that and I'm not even going to get into like, he should have had somebody get the dope for him. He should have He should have did this. You know, whatever. Like, at a certain point, you just kind of want to move free. It's like the man's like 40-some years old. Like, don't want to have to have, like, a system for everything. I don't want to do the whole, like, and that's why you need this. That's why you need the goon to do it. But <clears throat> it's like, really, if if you're not curious about an area that you're in, stay in the fucking hotel room. Come out when it's time to perform and go back. Like me, when I perform... In Arizona, and I love Arizona crowds. Arizona crowds are some of my favorite. You know, it, it sounds weird to say as a black comic, but you know, if there were like more black folk in Arizona that would get like kind of my more like deep cut shit, I would probably record a special or an album in Arizona. Crowds are great. But Arizona itself fucking sucks. It's hot and boring. Like 90% of the bitches I follow on Instagram, hot and boring. And me, being the curious person that I am, I was in Arizona, and it was the, the general manager. I was performing in Tucson, and I got, I got picked up from the airport by the general manager. <coughs> cool dude, Casey. Shout out Casey. Good dude. So I, go, I go to Casey's spot, 
And Casey's great. Casey doesn't drink, but he's got like a bunch of alcohol around his house because he's like, you know, I'm really about being a good host, man. <clears throat> so Casey's got like, you know, the drink and everything. He's like, here, this one's pretty tasty. Try it. And I'm drinking some like, you know, some spiced rum or whatever. And, you know, we smoking weed. And he's just showing me like crazy videos on the screen before he takes me to the comedy condo. And I look on the table and I'm like, yo, is that a that's a gun? Like I'm like, because I'm just taking me back. Cause I'm like, bro, it's like I got to stand up to get away from that bullshit. You know, I'm just like, well, yo, that's a gun. And then he's like, oh yeah, sorry about that, man. Let me put that away. And then it it turns into him just kind of telling me how the the how wild the Southwest is and like how he lived in New Mexico, how wild it is in Tucson and throughout Arizona and Texas and all that. And he's like, yeah, I've had like people just randomly shoot at me while I'm in the car. And all this types of shit. And I'm like, yeah. And then I got that information. And I'm like, you know what? I don't think Arizona's a place that I need to be too loose. Now, don't get twisted. Like, I've gone out for drinks after. But it's been, I'm like, okay, I'm with somebody. I know I'm grabbing drinks. Like, I'm not. But I don't just be out there, like, the same way I would in, like, <clears throat> you know, San Diego or, like, other places where I'll be like, yeah, I'll pull up. I'll pull up there by myself. In Sacramento, I wouldn't be so quick to go anywhere by myself. You know, they got gang culture in SAC. You know, it skipped the bay, but they got it in SAC. Um, it's just... So, you know, that, that, that's what that tells me. You know, I blame artists for not talking to locals, right? There was this one comic, and this was in... This is in 2016, right? This one comic... He had me, he he flew me out, he put me up, I did like, I want to say, I did like three, four shows, got paid in, to a tropical location, clear blue waters, fresh seafood, not going to say it where it was, doesn't matter if it was Hawaii, doesn't matter if it was the Caribbean, doesn't matter if it was Miami, just know where I went was really, really fucking dope. <laughs> I'm probably giving shit away. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know. But the point is, he had me out there. Then he wants to do my show. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Could, I, could I do your run of shows? Uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me, whenever you want to come through, I got you. He said, could I headline? And I said, I mean, I don't really have headline. It's just kind of more like the, the weekend shows. It's like five comics doing 15 minutes. And then uh, the Tuesday show, I mean, if you want to close it out and do some time, you can. But I don't really do headliners. And he's like, so can I headline? And I was like, oh, you can go last. Like, if you want to call it that on a flyer, he's like, yeah, yeah, I want to call it that on a flyer. Thirsty ass niggas. So anyways, comes up. And then first show, he cannot fucking follow me. He cannot. Like, he's going on after me to close out the show. And he was like, and it's just like, why, I don't know why would you you would want to go on after me on like my home turf, you know? And this is Oakland, keep in mind, Oakland, twenty sixteen. What I was back and forth between Oakland and L.A. all the time. Struggles. I wouldn't say it's bomb, but it was like not good. It was not fucking good. And I was just like, God damn it, fuck paying favors, dude. Like it's. Uh. And like, you know, I, I know you'd be thinking like, Lyle, if he didn't book you up with that lovely tropical gig, would you have booked him? No. Like, yeah, well, I did, he definitely wouldn't be closing out no show. I'd be like, but he was just so persistent. And I was just like, 
you know what? If he comes and he fucking bombs, he's not going to ask me for shit again. So fine, let's do it. I just didn't like it. Anyways, so that's that. And then I see him on Tuesday. And then, yeah, that was Saturday. Then the Tuesday show, which again, regular bar show, people come through and like who I fuck with, I'll throw, like, yeah, you want to do five? Go ahead. So he's there. And then he's like, yo, man, with his girl, got a car broken into. I'm like, really? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, they took a backpack. We had some cash, some weed, some edibles, man. They took our shit. I'm like, what? You left your backpack in the back seat? Why the fuck would you do that? Like, that wasn't like, probably, maybe I could have had, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, they didn't take nothing, like, they didn't take, like, a cell phone or nothing, or credit card or money. I mean, maybe, like, I don't know, like, a little bit of cash, but. I mean, it's like, why the fuck would you do that? Like, you ain't never been to a big city before, bro. Like, you just gonna leave your shit in the back. Like, like where the fuck do you think you are, man? Like, this is this is this is an ashy ass city, bro. This is this is an ashy fucking town, nigga. Like, and then later he goes on stage and he's just like, and then he struggles paying. Hey, man, thanks for doing it. And I'm just thinking like, motherfucker. Stage time trades, and it, I it was I didn't think it was a stage stage time trade, but then he just kind of like held my feet to the fire, and I was like, "Fine, have what you want," because I'm one of those people where it's like, if if you just kind of like bother me enough, I'll say yes, and I really like I really like holding people holding things over people's heads. But anyway, so our mutual friend, who's like just kind of like, yeah, 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 I know, I know you can be an asshole, but I know he can be a scumbag. So like, with you, I know like. It may be rough with you, but I know you won't be. I know Lyle won't be lying. And with him, I know he could be on some like little bull bullshit, some underhanded shit. So like he, and I'm like, yeah, that's an accurate assessment of both of us. And then I just told him like, yeah, he's bombed most of the shows, and he was, and he's like, here's what happened. He didn't do as well as he thought he would. Oh yeah, and then he was like, yeah, and then Lyle kept Lyle kept bumping me for other comics. I'm like, nigga, you say you want a fucking headline? This is fucking it. Like you want to. You want to fucking go last so you can get a little bit of extra cash out of me and close out the show? Like, this is, yeah, you're going to be fucking waiting around all night, buddy. It's a fucking free bar show on a Tuesday. Like, what the fuck do you think this is? So, like, he wanted, like, so, like, a bunch of special treatment. And he's like, yeah, and he's he's mad at, like, how he did. And then, so now he's just using this to, like, have something to be upset with you against. I'm like, get the fuck out of these motherfuckers. Anyways. <coughs> And it was like, yeah, and you kind of blamed him. You weren't like appreciate. You weren't like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Can, can like I help pay for? It? I'm like, what the fuck would I like do that shit? No, I'm not like because you're a fucking idiot. It's not like you're parked outside of my house and that shit. It's not like you were parked in my driveway. It's not like I am in, you know, one of those little nice millennial apartments. You go through the gate, you know, and then, then I'm like, yeah, you can park in my spot. And then somebody fucks up your window. Like, it's not like that. Like, no, I'm not taking responsibility because you're a fucking idiot that doesn't know how, like, a city works and doesn't ask fucking questions. No. So, you know, it's... Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I blame people for not being curious about their surroundings. Like, it's, this shit happens to you. It's all on you. I don't know. Oakland is an ashy-ass city, man. Julia Fox who was most known for playing Adam Sandler's love interest in 2019's Uncut Gems. And most recently, the old boy from Chicago's Rebound, pre-Adolf Hitler, post-Kim Kardashian. 
Julia Fox went on TikTok and she did an apartment tour that was very reminiscent of Redman's classic episode on MTV's Cribs. And I, if you don't remember that episode, Redman, uh, it was like it was like his trap house that like, you know, he like obviously like, you know, he had his main house, but he had a spot in Jersey that him and his boys would smoke weed, play video games. And it was a fucking pigsty. It was like dirty as shit. And he. You know, it was, but you know, it's like one of the classic episodes because, like, yeah, celebrities living like real people. It's like real dirty people, motherfucker. Like, nigga, I don't live like that. But anyway, so on Julia, Julia Fox on the video, she's like, hey, so I know I'm going to get roasted. And then she, like, she does the tour and it's like a one bedroom in Manhattan. And uh, the bedroom is like, you know, the playroom. Good mother. You know, so it's got like toys and all types of shit. And then her bed is in the living room and then it's shoe boxes everywhere. It's shoe boxes inside of the oven. It's dirty dishes. It's it's a mess. And then she's she goes, you know, it's like we do have we do have mice. But, you know, I look on the positive like the mice eat up the crumbs or like whatever goofy ass shit she said, <laughs> whatever, like lazy bitch she, shit she said. Right. And you know she, you know she's paying good money to, you know, stay up in there. Anyways, and then after she said, you know, I didn't really think it was gonna like go viral. You know, I didn't think it'd be like like this this huge thing. And it's like well, you just said, you know, you're gonna get roasted for it, and you didn't think it was going to be a thing. You can smell clout chasing a mile away. You can, you can just smell the attempt at relevancy because she did say when she was with Yadoff. <laughs> when she was with Yadoff West, she said she thinks that may have hurt her because, like, she's not getting as many acting opportunities. Uh, you think? And I mean, and, and this was pre when he started, when he got on that bullshit. But you know, still, um, yo, first let's just talk about. I have like percentages of your space being clean. And a home is much, uh, like, an actual home is much harder to maintain being clean. So we could just go with apartments. <clears throat> and if you got roommates and you don't really be fucking with your roommates like that, and then we could just go with your bedroom. Like, if you, like, for the sake of, like, guest. So I have my percentages. So 100% means your home is, like, hotel clean. It's, like, Airbnb super host clean, which is very, very hard to get to. 80% is what's ideal. I try to be like at my best, I'd be at 80%. 80 80% is it's clean, but lived in. Once you drop down to 70%, it's messy, but not dirty. My place is at like 65% right now. And the difference, the difference between me, between messy and dirty, like dirty is like messy is just like you got like a bunch of stuff out that needs to be thrown out, but it's nothing. It's nothing that's like a biohazard. Like my place, like my place, like at its worst will be looking like uh, uh, the opening of season two on industry where you see Harper and like it's just it's a bunch of like wine bottles around. That's kind of me. It's like it's like empty wine bottles it's empty water bottles. And then it's uh, bags from Trader Joe's bags from the wine shop. And it's just, that's it. <laughs> but it's just all cluttered and it's just, it's stacked up. And then like, you know, Uber Eats bags, grocery bags, and that's it. But it's nothing, like nothing that could produce fruit flies. And even like my, my wine bottles, like once I kill them, I pour like water in it. And then 
and then empty it to make sure like you know we don't produce any fruit flies because fruit flies are the worst and fruit flies are inevitable in los angeles during the summer so i do everything i can to just you know make sure i don't get them even though it's inevitable um 40 40 to 50% 40 to 50% is this one time I had a chick over and it was it was it was messy not dirty oh yeah no okay yeah no wait before i get to that dirty dirty is when you have shit that can produce fruit flies dirty is when like okay like things can actually smell dirty is like you know it's food it's like it, it's just it's cigarettes is is like weed being left open and it's like because me like i smoke weed like in my in my apartment but i i like open a window when i smoke weed or even if i don't open the window i'll open the window later you know i'll let the ac run a little bit like i'm not just a i don't like even when the place smells like weed it just kind of feels like a little dirty to me because it's like because like the the post weed weed and sex are the two things that like don't really smell good once you're done enjoying it <laughs> you know like it's like i like you know like i like you know smell like sex and you know going out for you know hitting like a brewery and doing like a beer or something <laughs> it was like like hey like you want to go grab a drink want to go grab lunch and then we kind of like have a little bit of a sex glow and a little sex stench on us but i don't like smelling like sex like all up in a room just saying well, i don't like smelling weed all up in a room it's like all right cool. we're monkeys at the end of the day like let's Let's try to act civilized as much as we can. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's the difference. Anyways, um, yeah, 70%. Uh, 40 to 50% is like, there's one time I had a girl over, and speaking of sex, and I was like, hey, the place is a little messy. Would you mind? Can you just give me a second? She's like, oh, really? All right, kind of want to see how you're living. I'm like, well, let me just do one thing. And I had a bunch of dirty clothes all over the place. And I kicked them the wine bottles because I didn't want her to get the, well, I don't want to say the wrong idea. I didn't want her to get the accurate idea because <laughs> I just like, hey, let me let me shove this shit in, right? So I shoved a bunch of empty, uh, yeah, I just shoved like, and then some bags and, and, and that's it. And then boom, in the closet, right? And she's like, oh, it's not that bad because <clears throat> girls will give you some, some like a little bit of leeway if your place isn't. Cause they assume like guys aren't going to be like super clean. And like when I have girls over, it's like never fucking planned, which I really hate. You know, it's like you, bitches be making it hard to like, just look like a good man. <laughs> just, like, just like, I, I want to fuck you today. You know, it's like, sometimes I have like, it's like girls like love Sunday sex dates for some reason. When I have like a, a Sunday sex evening plan, then I can like, you know, look like I give a shit. But then if it's like after a Saturday, like when I have a show, and I'm doing like two shows in a night. It's like, uh, so I'm like, I don't want to fucking clean. This is me. Anyways, that's 40, 50%. You know, 60% range is your friends don't judge you and say, oh, it's fine. 50% is your family don't judge you. And once you hit 50 to 40%, the, it's not that bad. Should go out the window. Like, you shouldn't lie. Like, once somebody it hits. 50 to 40 percent dirty or messy is uh, no no you're good you're good i've seen worse like you don't need to do that like don't don't hold your friends fucking accountable for their slop you know uh <laughs> and once you hit 30 percent dog it's time to give up a fucking afternoon when you hit 30 percent like give up an afternoon give up a sunday and just get your space right you get to 20 percent or you you get below 20 percent it's best to just eat $200 and call a maid service. 
that's 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 my thing about percentages. Anyways, um, look, man, Julia Fox is unhinged. Like she's like this, this shit doesn't matter to her. You know, it's it's a type of woman that looks like sex. Like just looks like in a, and I don't mean like oh, all she's good for is her holes. I'm not I'm not implying that, but I'm saying from a very primal male way, like. It's a stacked woman with a pretty face where you just like, yo, you look like you are built for sex and getting dicks hard. Like that's not like that's your life's purpose, but like, boy, if you don't fucking like that's what God intended for you. Like probably some other shit too, like pottery or something, but or getting a degree in communications. But this, yo, you like girl, you get dicks hard, you know. And Julie Fox, she's stacked, you know? And it's, and when women just look like, yeah, I know, I just, I'm like catnip to these niggas, you know? <coughs> they will be comfortable just being fucking gross because they know they can get laid anyways. Like, if I knew, like, if I could, like, just get pussy, it, like, I would probably be, like, a lot more curt and rude with people. And I'm already kind of curt and, like, a little short with people already. So, I mean, oh, my God, if I knew I could do that and fuck more, oh, my God, come on. You also got to keep in mind, like, like who Julia is, right? Like, Julia Fox put out, like, a few years before before Uncut Gems came out. It actually might be partly how she got the job. She put out, like, this photography lookbook. Like, like I don't know, like, like a coffee table provocative art book. And in that book, you, you can Google this and find the images for yourself. She's getting fucked doggy style while being choked. She's on her knees sucking dick. And then there's a picture of her lying down and you see you see cum on her back and her butt cheeks. And she's like, this is an artistic project. I just wanted to show like raw what it's really like. Whatever the fuck she's. I just I mainly just looked at the pictures, but I did kind of like like, all right, how, how are you gonna explain this? <laughs> that was her thing. So it's like somebody that puts that puts out a book of them getting fucked in choke doggy style, them sucking a dick, and them having cum on their back and upper butt cheek. I looked at the picture a bit. <laughs> I was like, so he puts that out. They're not going to have a problem showing, being like, yeah, I got mice in my crib. What of it? You know, they're not going to care. Like, they're, <laughs> they're good, you know? It also says to me, what it says to me, though, just about Julia Fox, though, is, I mean, but it's not even that. It's like, like well, first of all, it's, it's the type of woman, but I want to talk more about the type of woman that just a very comfortable, that is sexy and comfortable being gross. Well, no, I, I, wait, I already talked about that. No, okay. actually, what I want to do is like, let me be a little, let me be a little nasty. Where, I'm curious where Julia Fox is on curvy film and TV, white lady Mount Rushmore. I know I shouldn't be saying this during Black History Month, but fuck it, you know, it's your history too. <laughs> I think it's Julia Fox, Christina Hendricks, Kat Dennings. And Bryce Dallas Howard. Bryce Dallas Howard was caking in them Jurassic Park movies that came out of them Jurassic World movies, whatever the fuck they're called. She, yo, Ron Howard's daughter got cakes, yo. But actually, you know, you know, like 
We got to knock her off for 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 Shiv from Entourage. No, 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 no for uh, Shiv from Succession. The girl that plays Shiv. Shiv Roy. Oh my, like. Shiv Roy like looks will be wearing like fucking Hillary Clinton suits and just it looks sexual. There's like a certain level. It's like when Drake said so thick that everybody in the room is so uncomfortable. It's there's like a level of thickness where you exceed or it's like no matter what you put on, like I'm just you know, I'm just speaking like, you know, from a, a strictly a primal standpoint. I can't, I'm going into this list during Black History Month, then the, the, the film and TV <laughs> stacked white lady edition. Even though Salma Hayek is the goat of all that shit, though. Salma Hayek is the goat of all stacked actress, actresses. Um, but that said, no, man, this, this told me a few things. Like, one, it told me, <clears throat> like, just looking at the place and knowing how New York is and having lived in New York, she's barely home. Like she's like, I'm sure like she like she's working, she's doing her modeling, she's doing auditions, she's doing podcasts, and then she goes there, and for all we know, that could just be the trap spot, you know, she's got like her main spot. But just for the sake of it is, like let's say that is her main home, right? We know like or like that tells me that it's like they're at restaurants, they eat out most of the time. Like they're, they're they're moving around because in New York you're always kind of like moving around, especially if you know you're at that level uh, of uh, notoriety and success and entertainment that she has had. Let's me know like one she's you know she's she's like fucking barely there. And also let me know, like I said, she just wanted us, us to talk about something because I look at like Julia Fox's like if you like Google Julia Fox on um fucking uh on Google, then you go to the news section. It's like this. All right. Here's some of the headlines. Julia Fox opens up about failed breastfeeding journey. Quote, it didn't work. Julia Fox defense, tiny NYC apartment. I don't want my son to be a prick. (laughs) I'm sorry, man. It's just, it's just fucking funny. And then there's some stuff where she like, um, she she like alluded to uh, going on a date with Drake, and you know it's just it's uh, you know it is what it is. But the main reason I want to talk about this because I mean yeah this isn't like the type of uh, of program where, where we really care about what white actresses are doing, but when they're when, when they're on the, like the the stacked when they're on the stacked white lady Mount Rushmore, like, why not? Why not, Julia? Uncut gems and Kanye, like she kind of, she kind of finessed her. She didn't finesse her way into the culture, but it's just kind of like we keeping an eye on you, bitch. Anyways, not to call her a bitch, you know. But um, no, man. The real reason I want to talk about this though is because it had me thinking about like people's lines when it comes to how people maintain things that don't affect them. And what I mean by that is, it's like. All right, this is going to get like a little dark, but there are people that look at like fat people as being like fucking gross and lazy. And like there are pe- and like you know, they there are people that just be like, "Okay, you only have one body. Your body is your temple, and you don't take care of it. You eat shitty, you don't work out enough, or you don't work out at all. Ew, gross." 
you know, that's the thing, you know, and I'm somebody like I I recognize it's like you have different types of fats and different types of skinnies. You know, you got like just regular old fat fat. You got fit fat, you know, which is like, you know, NFL players, Zion Williamson most of the time, Lyle Barriers in 2016. You know, like you got that fit fat and then you got like, you know, just kind of maintain, stay the same fat. And you got like Seth Rogen and knocked up fat where like he's not. Where it's like he's fat next to like Apex Catherine Heigl, you know, where Catherine Heigl just looks at her best and before we knew she was like an annoying white lady. <laughs> I'm really capping for white women this episode. This is horrible. But it's like, it's, but it's Hollywood. It's different, nigga. But it's like, but it, it like I watched that movie. I'm like, oh, wait, so he was like 25. I mean, Seth Rogen wasn't like fat, fat. He just was like fat standing next to skinny guys and like a, a fine, you know, tall, skinny lady. With big tits. Um, I didn't need to say that. Uh, but yeah, it's like the same. Insane. It's like fit skinny and blah blah blah. So, but there are people that just feel like fat is fat. Fat is just, fat is just bad. And there are people because it's like okay, if I'm fat, that does nothing to you. But it will. It for a certain type of person, it can affect their perception. And perception being that like you don't take care of other things, and if you don't take care of your body, there's like a list of plenty of other things that you don't take care of in your life. And the only exception for gaining weight is women when they get pregnant and dudes uh, putting on like the dad weight. But then even then, people are like yeah, but I see plenty of moms like bounce back, and you know they're in their work. I see plenty of dads that you know keep it tight, and you know there's. The no excuses, motherfuckers. And it just had me thinking because it's like, okay. Then to bring it back to the Julia Fox thing is you got people that are like, yo, if you're, if you're like places, if your car is messy, gross. If your apartment is messy, gross. And just, just like what people's lines are for things that don't affect them, but they still fucking judge. And it's like, cause I'm like being out here in Hollywood, I'm around like really like niggas is like got some success in Hollywood will judge you for, like, everything that you do. Oh, man, this nigga getting a third drink, fucking alcoholic. And it's like, bro, we had a bar at a comedy club. Like, this, this, fuck, this nigga, oh, wait, wait, so you doing this? Wait, so you're not with that girl no more? And, like, they just fuck. It's not even, like, because, like, the, the Bay Area does pocket watching. What, what it is in L.A. with, like, a certain set of niggas is they do every movement watching, you know? And it's... And it's people that, that have their versions versions of that, and it just has me thinking, like, yeah, like people do have their things where it's like it doesn't affect you personally, but you will still fucking judge and like connect that to some other shit. Because I've done that, you know. I've like it's <coughs> it, it's been two girls, right? <coughs> it's been two girls that I cannot bring myself to hook up with. Both Indian, but different types of Indian. One was Native American, and the other was like light skin India Indian girl. But you know, American, obviously. So Native American shit, right? I knew her because she would come to this open mic in San Francisco, and she was super cool. Like she she never did a set. She was just like, this is back when like. You still had like regular people around, and she was she was uh you know going to SF State, and she was into plants. She was like really into plants, you know. That's what she, biology. I don't know. 
she was studying some shit. I was, you know, I didn't really care. But she, but she's she's a botanist, I guess is what you call it. But she was into that. I, I know that because I had sex with a botanist. Yeah, yeah I did. Um, but but it's like it's, yeah, plants wasn't the only thing she made grow. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about, Uncle Phil. But anyway, so she come by and blah blah. Fast forward, like she wanted some dick, and I got done. I had a set, and I was like, there's certain nights like you'll do a set, and then you'll just have all this adrenaline. And I was like, and I was young, I was like 20 years old. You know, I had like, I was living with my mom. My mom's was out of town and I I had like nothing. I did this set and I'm like, I'm cooking for myself. And I'm like, I'm just so, I'm like bored out of my mind. So I'm just like, let me hit up this chick that I'm not like really interested in, but like, let me just see what's good. Right. Fast forward to meet her at the Balboa Park BART station. And I get in their car, car, I get ready to get in their car. And me, like, see, even, like, as a young 20-year-old nigga, I was still trying to be, like, gentlemanly. I was like, yeah, I'm going to bring this uh, bottle of Malibu rum. <laughs> just like, this is nasty, sweet shit. I thought I was doing something. I didn't even know, like, I just liked the way the, the bottle looked. I didn't know, like, it was fucking nasty and only used for, like, girly drinks. Anyway, so she pulls up. She's like, hey, good to see you. And then I open the passenger door. Is she has a coffee pot of cigarettes, of like cigarette butts, just piling to the, it was just, what the fuck is this? What, like, it, it was disgusting. And then she, re, and keep in mind, I, I wasn't really like that attracted to her, but I was just kind of like, man, let me do something with my time. I'm bored. <laughs> And I'm like, this is fucking nasty. Then we go to like 7-Eleven to go pick up some like beers or whatever. And then she reaches in like for a kiss. And God damn if that that was the grossest kiss I ever had in my life. It taste it tasted like rough. Cause you hear that thing like, oh, kissing, kissing the cigarette smokers, like kiss kissing the ashtray. I've like made out with some like some cigarette chicks. And, you know, they, they be chewing gum. They be like, they be like, yeah, like, I know it's not a good habit, but I try to balance it out. Or like, like what I've had is I've had like the, I only have a, a smoke uh, when I'm drinking bitches. You know, they, <laughs> they're hoes. They are whores. You know, I love them. But anyways, so that happens. Then we're like at her place in her apartment. She's got like roommates, but they're all like out of town. So it's like, oh, the stars aligning. Nope. She like it basically kind of turns into a therapy session and she's just having like a breakdown. She's talking about what it's like on a reservation and she's talking about like her uh, half white relative. I think she's like she was half white, but she's like, you know. But she's doing all this and I'm like, yo, this is really, really fucking uncomfortable and then she and then this is the most like it wasn't. But I was at the same time, I was like, man, I could still probably go through with this. I can still like, you know, probably get my dick up and, you know, find focus on a, a area's body. Hips, hips. There we go. Feminine hips. And I was like, I can I can probably do this. Then everything went out the window. She said, you know, and like he's like this like little 
white boy that's native, but he looks like a white boy. And then my family, they're all like beautiful and have white and they got these features. And I'm this big brown jelly woman. And I was like, I say, oh my God. My dick got so soft, nigga. I heard big brown jelly woman. I was like, I cannot fucking do this. There's 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 no fucking way, right? And I was like, all right, let me just sleep. And then like we slept in the same bed and didn't do nothing until Bart opened. And then she let out a, a huge fart in her sleep. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Was, and then I threw up on my way walking back to Bart. It was like the most epic failed pussy story. Ever. Like, I'd already decided I was going to like, all right, I'm going to abandon this. But you brought me all the way over here. And you were crying in front of me. This is the worst shit ever. And like, she was, I don't think she was drunk. Like, she was, it was, shit was a long time ago. But it was, that, that was like the most I ever been grossed out by a chick. There's one girl that was like, big second. But that was, oof. And I, I the, the girl that grossed me out the second most ever, like, I actually, like, fucked her. And I'm like, ah, God, that was, I finally got, one, I finally got, like, one I wish I could take off my body count. Anyways, um, then, like, the other, then it was, like, this other, it, but I was, like, yeah, I was judging because it was, like, oh, man, like, you, you live like this. <laughs> and then it was this other chick, Indian, you know, from the, the fucking continent, She's like, you know, out in L.A. trying to be an actress. <clears throat> Not from L.A. Trying to do it. And she's a beautiful girl. Big old beautiful girl. Right. Man, and she, we like met at a bar. We had like some drinks. And then we're like, and this, this is like 2016, 2016, 2017, I want to say. We at the bar, had some drinks. And then uh, I take her back to my place. You know, and then I get some condoms from my roommates and I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then she's like, I mean, like, I'm down, down to like, you know, do, wait, wait, no, what happened before that, right, was getting her car and like her car was just like messy as hell. Like I would, I, and like I would actually prefer like a chick not have a car and just like Uber and take public transit and walk and have a bike. Especially, like, girls that have bikes be, like, having nice asses and shit. So, it's like, yeah, bitch, you don't need no car. You know? <laughs> get, get them cakes and, and legs up, nigga. But, anyways. Her car, was just, it was like... It was just like a, a, a fucking landfill, right? So, then we go to my place, and I'm like, all right, I guess I can go with this. And then, you know, I got some condos from the roommates. And, you know, we in bed fooling around. She's like, I mean, like, it, it's not that I don't want to. I just want to get to know you more. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. And I never called her back. Well, she hit me up again and she like wanted to go on a date. And here, here's what turned me off about her, right? Is that like she didn't have a job, right? And she's like, you know, 23, 24. She just graduated college. His parents are paying her rent and giving her money to do whatever. And she's out there trying to be an actress and she's booked a few jobs and like, cool, good, good for you out of college, like whatever, you young. What it was though is like you have all that free time and you still live like this. That's what it said to me. So it wasn't the fact that like you know she wasn't like you know this like fit petite thing. It wasn't the fact that like it was the fact that it was everything around it and it that said to me like okay you kind of just do like whatever in your sense of like accountability is like very low and you're like a rich spoiled girl because if she like had told me all that but then 
her like her like whip was clean and we was going to her spot instead of my spot. She was like, Yeah, my place is like really messy. And I saw the car, I'm like, bitch, I bet it is. So yeah, I mean that that's like uh I think it's good to like have like those types of standards. Like I do think it's like, you know, obviously bad to like judge people and shit. But I do think for like in terms of like who you gonna fuck, I think it's nothing wrong with being like a yeah, I can't do this. But yeah, yeah, so I, yeah, I tweeted this image of um Julia Fox in a in a cut gems when she's in the lingerie and it she ass titties just looks amazing. <coughs> and I tweeted I, I tweeted that image and I said, "Yo, if a girl had like, you know, kids toys and mice and shoe boxes everywhere and dirty dishes, you went over like was you hit or not?" Nah? <laughs> I can't remember what the I can't, I'm not gonna do social media on a podcast like because we have enough social media. But the point being is, is yeah, it's, it's something to think of. It's it's important to think about where your lines are. And it's important to have lines when you know you think about having sex when you know you're having casual sex. I feel like you you, you got to have like some line because it's there's a thing where it's like I you know I ain't gonna lie like I I've had a lot of one night stands in my day. But there's this idea of just, like, I just want to know that, like, your politics don't suck and, like, your life doesn't suck if you're going to suck me. Like, I just want to, and I don't, I don't feel like that's, a, like, it's, like, too much of an unreasonable ask. Like, like, social issues, political issues, and then just, like, your life just isn't, like, a fucking wreck. Like, I, like if you have those things and, like, I'm cool. But it's, like, I don't know. I just, like, just being with the messy bitch, like, oh, that's just... Oh, that doesn't sound very appealing. Thank you for tuning in to the Let's Unpack That Podcast. I've been your host, Lyle Barons. I know you guys said that you wanted more current events. You wanted more ghetto-ass news. I hope I was able to provide that this episode. Thank you very much for tuning in. Please share with a friend. Please share on social media. And we will be back on Tuesday. Enjoy your weekend.